Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Second category of the gifts of power, gifts that do something. I'm not, can I say, I'm not suggesting that the gifts that say something don't do something. They do something. But these are more, these are commonly known as the power gifts. First one of those is the gift of faith. We all have a measure of faith, but this is a significant release of, of the gift of faith. Donald G. Now, Donald G., for those that don't know, Dan Ham bought me a book two years ago on Pentecost Sunday, written in 1932, and inside it says, Dear Maud from Mavis, January something, 1941 or something. So it's like an old book. It's the tre- one of my most treasured gifts I've ever been given. And, uh, and so I've now bought every Donald, book that I, Donald G. book. I never said Donald Duck. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I nearly, I nearly, I've bought so many of them online, and they, you know, finding them. If I see one on Amazon, I get it, and, and uh, I think I've got all of his writings now, and they're incredible. But this is what he says concerning the gift of faith: a quality of faith, sometimes called by our older theologians the faith of miracles. It would seem to come upon certain of God's servants in times of special crisis or opportunity, in such mighty power that they are lifted right out of the realm of even natural and ordinary faith in God and have a divine certainty within their souls. Oh man, I'm getting touched by this. It triumphs over everything. Possibly the same quality of faith is the thought of our Lord when he says in Mark 11:22, have faith in God. It was the faith of this particular quality of which he could say that a grain would remove a mountain. Matthew 17, 20, a little of that divine faith, which is an attribute of the Almighty, dropped into the soul of man what miracles it can produce. Faith that shakes nations. Gift of faith. I feel like the ne- for, for this thing to go to the next place, we need the gift of faith to come upon people in this place to believe God for significance. I don't have time to keep talking about that, but, but I, want, I want a gift of faith. If I could pick one, the Bible says desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Let me tell you right now, it's not wrong to desire the gifts. Just make sure you're desiring what God wants because you can spend a lot of time praying for a gift that God doesn't want to give you. I want discernment. I want discernment. I want discernment. I want discernment. And he's like, I'm not giving you that. <laughs> Say, God, well, I just want you. I want the gifts. I want the graces of God. I want the touch of heaven. I want the anointing. I'd love to, I'd love to have some of the gifts that I don't have. But can I tell you, I really believe God wants that, that, that gift of faith to come upon this church. Uncommon faith on uncommon blessing another gift that oh man I'm about to run around this building my god the the second gift of power is the gift of healing you know it's often referred to as the gifts of healing and it's a a significant thing uh, that we understand that uh, it's not a gift of healing. Here in the New King James, it says the gifts of healing. Why? Because there are a variety of healings that that this gift uh, ministers. It means they're used, uh, and this gift, let let me me get my words, I'm, I'm reading five different things. Referring to the gifts of healing, it means they're used of God. Men and women are used of God, supernaturally ministering health to the sick through prayer. That's what the gift of healing does. That's a cool gift. Why don't we ask God for that? Isn't that powerful? It really is a sign gift. It's a sign and a wonder to help people find Jesus. It's very valuable for evangelists to move in healing because they become a living witness to the power of God. It attracts people's attention 
to the gospel. Acts 8.6, it says this, And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. That's how the crowd listened to this great evangelist preach the word. And it says, For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And it happened, Acts 28, verse 8 to 10. It happened, the father of, it's spelled P-U-B-I-U-S, but it's pronounced, pronounced Poplius, really where, where we get the word popular. So he was a man of influence. This is the father of a man of influence, lay sick with a fever and with dysentery. So he had a fever and he had diarrhea in a bad way. So he wasn't doing too well. Paul went in and prayed for him. Now you've got to remember the context. He had been shipwrecked and bitten by a snake, which is never good. All in the same day. How was your day? Not great. What happened? Shipwrecked and then I got bitten by a jolly snake. And so snake bite, shipwrecked, and he lays hands on him and healed him. When this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Isn't that amazing? Miracles get people healed and touched. We need miracles in our church. Miracles open doors to all levels of society. Influence here we see. Now it's got to be understood that the possessor of this gift does not have the power to heal everybody. Allowance has to still be made for the sovereignty of God and even the sick person's attitude and their spiritual condition. Even Christ was limited in his miracle working ability because of the unbelief of people in Matthew chapter 13. A sick person also is not dependent on the one with a healing gift. All believers in general and the elders of the church in particular are empowered to pray for the sick. The working of miracles, I love this, the works of power. Is really what it means. John says in John 14, 12, Jesus is saying in the book of John, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, uh, he will do also, and greater works than he shall I do because I go to the Father. Acts 1 and 8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so the working miracles, we actually hear about the, the working, there were special miracles, unusual miracles wrought by the hands of Paul. He laid hands on handkerchiefs and aprons, it says in Acts 19, and, and they brought uh, from his body, he was holding, took him to sick people and the diseases left of the sick people because the anointing got on stuff. Isn't that incredible? Unusual miracles. We don't really know too much about what it is. Some people say special anointings. I'd love special anointings to come on your life. Lord, I I pray this doesn't just be a cookie-cutter average suburban church. I love our people to be used by God in the spirit to see things happen for the glory of God. Can you say amen? If you believe it, just give God a praise for like 10 seconds. Give God a praise. Now, raising the dead. Raising the dead requires a bit more than just one. You need about three. I was trying to work this out. To raise the dead, you need the gift of faith because it's beyond natural faith. You probably need the working of miracles because it'll take a miracle to raise someone from the dead. And you need the gift of healing to get them healed from what they died from. <laughs> and I, I, know I'm, I know I'm being silly here and being funny, but do you know the reality is there are some things that require more than one gifting. Yes. So we've got to walk in the gifts of the Spirit as a church. That's why all of us are important. Because to get the job done, we need a bit of everyone's anointing coming together and making something happen. Then there's the gifts of revelation. Gifts that reveal something. First one's a word of wisdom. It's interesting that that's mentioned first, even though I got to it third to last. It's mentioned first when talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Because I believe uh, that wisdom, uh, Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is a principal thing. I think if we walk under the anointing with wisdom, we're in the safest space. 
to be used by God. When wisdom goes out, it just gets weird. And it stops being real. Gifts need to be operated with wisdom. But what's a word of wisdom? It looks like this. This is, this is the best of my explanation. I think it, there's three areas. Firstly, I believe it's spiritual prudence in dealing with the unchurched and the unsaved. Colossians 4 verse 5, walk in wisdom to those who are outside. This morning in the first service, one of the ladies stood up and said, can we pray for the same-sex marriage issue in Canberra? I needed to speak that with wisdom because I'm not political and there's people in our church that battle with same-sex attraction and they deal with that. And so if I'm going to talk about that stuff, I need to talk about that with a heart to see change in society. But more than anything, I've got to talk with the heart of a pastor. And so to navigate the complexities that I need a word of wisdom. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt one or I'm going to ostracize another. We want to still see people saved. Let me tell you, I still believe God can set people free from whatever sexual issues are going on in people's lives. God can set you free if you just say, God, help me. I believe God sets people free. But let me go on. Uh, The gift of wisdom is also supernatural wisdom in defending the gospel. Luke 21, 15, for I'll give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. But then there's that supernatural word for, of wisdom that just cuts through an impossible situation. Two, two prostitutes came to King Solomon. They both had a baby and one baby had died and the other one had lived. And then the mothers were fighting over which mother was the mother of the living child. So basically what the king said is, okay, this is how we're going to deal with it. And he gets a word of wisdom. He says, let's cut the baby in half. I know this is uplifting. And he says, and you can just have half each. One lady agrees to it, says that's a great idea. The other says, no, no, please don't cut the baby, just let the other mother have it. And King Solomon knew by the anointing of God that the mother that said, actually, no, just let the other mother have that baby, she was willing to lay aside her own desire uh, out of compassion for her own child. And so a word of wisdom diffuse an entire situation i can tell you god can unlock a word in your life you might have trouble in your home you might have trouble in your family trouble in your marriage you might be dealing with people with mental illness you might be dealing with challenge that's where a word of wisdom from heaven where god just says speaks yet you can speak that word and totally diffuse impossibility god give us words of wisdom in this church a word of knowledge now you've got to understand a word of wisdom also pertains uh, to the future as well a word of wisdom can be uh, coming alongside and God saying, actually, this is, gonna, this is something that God's speaking to you about and, and you need to look for the future. I just feel like God's saying, and a word of wisdom prophesies into people's future. Yeah. A word of knowledge pertains to things that have already happened and God reveals those things supernaturally by his spirit, a supernaturally inspired utterance of fact. Jesus stepped into it the woman, with the woman at the well. What, is it, what happens in that story? He goes up to her and says, I'll give you living water And in John chapter 4. And, and she says, I'd like some of that water. That'd be great. And he says, uh, go and call your husband and come here. The woman says, I have no husband. And he says to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you've had five husbands. And the guy you're now living with is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> well, well perceived. I mean, her perception was well honed. It's interesting. It's interesting right there. Jesus stepped in. Man, I feel the anointing, Pastor George. I feel the the anointing, the word of knowledge. I've operated in the word of knowledge, not not every time. But one time I was preaching in Canada at a church. And as I'm I'm just going up the prayer line, praying for heaps of people. And I just stopped. I looked at a girl. I said, your mum's got cancer and she's going to be fine. That's what I felt. 
and she just hits the floor screaming, crying. Anyway, I come to know she'd never been to church before. She just found out that week her mum had cancer, so she came to the service believing God for a mum's miracle. That's the power of a word of knowledge. Can I say it was almost... You, you can say, oh, David, oh, you're very anointed. No, 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 I'm just a reflector. The Spirit of God did that because it didn't even come out of my head. It came out of my mouth, which is quite common for me. A lot of things I say, <laughs> but this time it was God. I remember one time, I remember one time uh, in, in my capacity as a pastor and, and in my capacity as being part of the Assemblies of God executive, you deal with moral failures and it's a horrible thing when ministers fall. But one time a minister had fallen and I was speaking to somebody and they, 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 needed, they were trying to tell me that they, that they had fallen morally with the pastor. And they, and they were in total fear of an affair that they had been a part of. She was married. This person uh, that she was with was not her husband and she was terrified. Uh, she rings me on the phone. I didn't really know this woman. I knew who she was from a distance. And as I'm speaking to her, the Spirit of God spoke to me and I said her name. I said, I know who I'm talking to. And, and she just breaks down and we meet and restoration comes. That family's still together and God has healed what was one of the most impossible situations you could ever hear. That's the power of a word of knowledge. Don't worry, I'm not sitting here knowing all your stuff. So, Timothy. <laughs> you've been hitting the green again, haven't you, brother? No. Not true, it's medicinal, medicinal. Can I say, if that's, if that's correct, how funny is that? <laughs> if that's a... <laughs> a word of knowledge. Number, third area is this, the discernment of spirits. Now, I always get nervous about Christians who go, I've got the sermon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like that guy. I just discern. No, you're judgmental. You got issues that need to be resolved when it comes to judging others. If you have discernment from God and you see something in somebody that you find off colour, firstly, discernment of spirits is what the gift is, not discernment of people. But if you discern something within a person, it should never be for you to go to somebody else and go, oh, I've discerned, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It should be for you to come alongside and love them. Yeah. Come alongside and pray for them. Yeah. So if you think that you have the gift of, the, of discernment, then it should equal pastoral care, compassion, love, yeah. good character. So here's the thing. If you're going to walk around knowing everybody's junk, you better be there to serve them with humility and keep your mouth shut. Because if your gift is to tell people why that person's bad and you can't say why, but you just discern it, you actually need to get delivered. Uh, because you're actually the one that's in trouble, not that other person. I've seen it too much. I've had people get around me and go, oh, I'll just pick things up. We'll put them back down. I've been in, I've been in this my whole life. I've seen, I've, I've seen it all. I just think jealousy and envy, when it masquerades as something spiritual, is a dangerous thing. But the gift of discernment is the ability to see through, to see through outside appearances. But it's a spiritual thing. 
And I, truly, I think in an environment like this, a lot of us probably have that gift. Because you can be in a room and something's happening in the spirit and you just go, yeah, I don't like that. Why? Because something in your spirit is explaining to you, this is out of divine order. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? It's not the discernment of people. It's the discernment of spirits, demonic activity. It's where maybe you can pray with somebody and you can pick up there's something not right in the spirit. doesn't make them a bad person, but God's giving you discernment to just pray. Hey, let's agree in prayer because I feel like the enemy's coming against you in some areas. I've had people pray with me and say, David, I just feel like this spirit's coming against you. And you know, when they prayed, it's not like I'd open my door to a demon or anything like that. They prayed and I felt freedom come because some Somebody walked in that discernment of spirits. There was a prophetic anointing and they brought life. If you walk in discernment, I believe that there is a burden on you to pray it through and to bring redemptive hope. Now, here's the thing. I don't believe that someone that possesses discernment gets to just sit there and that equals an opinion and full stop. Discernment should be protective and redemptive. If, so, if you pick something up in the Holy Ghost on somebody's life and go, that person's off. You should be saying, God, help them. The minute discernment comes, you know, I pick something up and such and such and so pff, I write them off. We, as the company of faith, we do not get the right to write anybody off. If you pick something up, this is your response. Get on your face before God and get with, and, and maybe don't, don't even go to that person necessarily. Just pray it through and watch God change it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If God reveals something, bring it to God. Pray. Protect that person. Love that person. Honor that person and lift them up before your God and say, God, for some reason, I feel like this has been brought to my attention in the spirit. And so, God, I lift them up to you. Because I know you love them. You love them more than I do. You love them just as much as you love me. And so, God, I'm praying for this person. I'm asking that you would wash them, touch them, fill them. Lord, if there's something off-center, God, just help them find the path that you have for them. Because, God, you've got a plan and a purpose for them. To whom much is given, much is required. But discernment of spirits. I don't have time to say too much more. I have preached a long time. But you can test the spirits. 1 John 4. Even says, beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, but this you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard coming, is now already in the world. doesn't mean the Antichrist is necessarily alive right now. It could be. But the devil doesn't know when Jesus is coming back. So in every generation, he puts an antichrist spirit because he doesn't know the timing of God. So in every generation, the devil is trying to be ready for the coming of the Lord. So he's preparing his antichrist, whoever that might be. At any given, are you following? So there is a spirit of antichrist at work. And so we have to be aware of those things. Pray them through in the name of Jesus. I've said a lot. I've covered a lot. But has this been a help to anybody or not? Teaching the word. Studying this has been more refreshing for me than anything I've studied in so long. Nimble. I don't want to. I don't want life point to get too wacky. 
But I do want us to be spiritual. I want us to know God. I want, us, I want signs and wonders to be comfortable. I never want our church to be the kind of place where we speak in tongues. You know, we, you're, you're frightened. I just want you to lift your hands to God where you are. And let his anointing come on you. The gifts. The gifts. The gifts. We've had, we've had an influx of people from so many different churches come along. Some have come from Pentecostal churches. Some have come from non-Pentecostal churches. This, is a message, this message is not really even a Pentecostal sermon. This is a message for everybody. Everybody has the gifts of the Spirit available to them. I want to see you walk in them. I want, to, I, want to see, I want to see that unlocked in your life. I, I want to see, I, I pray that God hijacks your dreams. I mean, I'm not talking about you, the dreams you have for your life, or maybe those, but I'm talking about when you go to sleep. The prophetic can happen there. God will speak to you. But then I've had dreams where God spoke to me one, Sunday, one Saturday night in a dream and gave me a sermon in a dream out of Psalm 91. The whole, the whole message in a dream. I woke up, I wrote it down, I preached it in church that morning. We had a total move of God. I mean, he spoke to my heart and, and showed me things in, that, I, that he committed supernaturally that I wouldn't have remembered in the natural. God spoke to me out of Psalm 91. I'll forever love Psalm 91 because God changed, changed something in my life out of that. Maybe here, you, you, when you pray in tongues, see, some of us have a prayer language, but then you start praying in tongues and it just starts to sound a bit different. Maybe you need to explore that space because maybe God hasn't just given you the ability to pray in tongues, but God's given you a gift. <coughs> Word of wisdom. Some people in this room, they just, they just speak and the wisdom of God comes. I feel like Pastor George in our church, he walks with a word of wisdom and it's, it's just on the tip of his tongue. I go to him all the time for wisdom. I go to him to speak into stuff, to speak into things in my life, to speak into the life of our team because there's a gift of wisdom upon his life and the reality is in, in, a, in a room like this I want to see the gifts of the spirit alive in you the Bible says earnestly desire the spirituals the gifts you don't have to manufacture them they're natural you know across this place just lift your hands I'm going to ask God the Bible says uh, that, 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 that you can stir up the gifts that you receive through the laying on of hands. I don't have time to lay hands on everybody, but I do have time to pray. Right now, that God will come and fill this room and the gifts of God would be released in, in people's lives. Just before I pray, can you put your hands down for a minute? Because I, I just feel led to just pray. How many people here, just, just, you can keep your head back. How many people feel like you, you, you do know a gifting? When I've talked about these non-gifts, there is something in here that you do feel is for you. But you're not necessarily walking in it. Specifically, you do feel like God's talking to you about getting stirred up in that in that area of gifting on your life. And you just feel like you want that anointing. If that's you, just where you're sitting, stand to your feet right now. If that's you, we're going to pray. Oh, I, you know what we're praying for. I don't. Hey, Dan Soderman, I just want to tell you right now, I believe in the gifts of God on your life. I always have. I believe in the hand of God on your life. I believe you're here from heaven. I believe you're going to be used mightily of God. And I, 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 don't know, I don't know necessarily why some things happen slowly, but 
I feel like God's saying that he has watched you and he sees you. I feel like the Spirit of God's saying that he's seen you and he calls you faithful. I feel like the Spirit of God's saying uh, you're almost like uh, there's a type of bamboo that grows in Asia that will stay in the ground for like 20 years and then in the space of like five hours it will grow 30 meters. And it seems like you've been in the ground for so long, just waiting, waiting, waiting. I feel like God's going to do a fast thing and God's going to do a quick thing with your life. I I wouldn't be surprised if you're in full-time ministry far sooner than you can even imagine doing the things that God's called you to do. I feel like God is saying, uh, dream a little more broadly. Uh, Don't be so specific in your dream at this point because as you go further in the call of God, there will be a focus and, and he'll put an arrowhead on the assignment God has for you. But I feel like if you start in a broad place, he'll bring you into the into to the, fo- the laser focus of the call that God has for you. So I, I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I just feel like God's saying, hey, whatever comes your way, I feel like God's saying, run with it and do it. And you watch. It's within the broadness of what you put your hand to. God will re- reveal specific clarity as to where you need to go next. But I, I, I feel like God's saying, hold on to his hand. Uh, go after the things of God like you've never gone before. Uh, get, get involved. I know you are, but you watch. I just feel like God, God is about to do something great in your midst. Even have described to you would not believe it but and I feel like as open doors come and I believe they're going to come God's saying walk through them because I'm about to do something supernatural and I can tell you I believe in you and I want the church to know I believe in you I always have I've always said to our staff he's a rainmaker there's something on his life that brings the presence of God and we need what's on your life in this house but not only this house the body of Christ needs what's on your life and I feel like it's time to square your shoulders and start to walk in the authority that God has for you in the name of Jesus and I believe it's going to be done and I believe it's so and Father in this room right now uh, there's those that are standing Lord there's people standing here because they believe you've, you've called them uh, to the word of knowledge that, that you've called them to gifts of healing you've called them to a gift of faith I, I don't know what it is but God but God, you do and God I pray release it right now in Jesus name release that anointing right now in the name of Jesus let it be done let it be established right now in the name of Jesus let the gifts of the spirit flow like a river in the name of Jesus God let your word in their mouth be as powerful uh, as, as your word in your mouth and God as they speak God let some of them speak under a rhema anointing or let them speak quickened words that have the power to create and make things happen for the glory of God and Father we give you praise uh, for it right now in the name of Jesus let the gifts of the Spirit of God begin to flow right now uh, by the Holy Ghost in Jesus name by the Spirit of God we thank you for it right now Oh my God, I feel the anointing of heaven in this room. Let's all stand across this place. God's going to move. Maybe Ari and, and, and the team, if you can be ready, but, but we're, we're going to see God do something in this place. Just lift your hands to the God of heaven and earth. Right now, by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost. Why don't we just pray in a heavenly language right now? It's our Holy Ghost service. Just stir up that river. If you... If you can pray in tongues? Pray in tongues. If you can't pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Ah, in the name of Jesus. Maybe, maybe, maybe what, what we're doing tonight is a bit foreign to you. I don't want to freak people out. Just take it all in. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yara basha braba la baba karana baradi yara di 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 yara di
Lord, my God, in the name of Jesus. 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 My God, in Jesus' name. I pray uh, that Jess would walk out of this building a totally different person. Uh, not because the current Jess is bad, but God, I pray that it'd be like scales falling off her eyes and she begin to see with the eye of the Spirit of God. Lord, let giftings come alive on the inside of her. God, in Jesus' name, let the gifts of your spirit flow in the house. God, I just pray. Let people prophesy under the anointing of God. God, put a word in their mouth. God, a word in season, a word of wisdom. My God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that people would speak even with the tongues of angels. Lord God, that speak in a heavenly language that cracks open an atmosphere that binds the works of Satan's power. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, uh, do a work in this house in the name of Jesus Christ. That is supernatural and that is real. In the name of Jesus, my God, my God, you're anointing. You're anointing. You're anointing. Oh, you're anointing. Oh, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, let the gifts and the graces of the Spirit of God come alive on the inside of Brody, I pray right now. In Jesus' name, I loose that anointing. I loose that anointing. I loose that anointing. Pray with a girl. Jesus' name, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Yarabha Shabrabamanda. Come on, just put your hands all over the house. Ari, just worship lead us in a song. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.